0: Everybody, it's Max. Welcome back to the pod. Thanks for checking it out. And uh, if you're a returning listener, thank you so much again for listening. If this is your first time, uh, thank you for, for taking the time to check this out. Okay, we're starting a new series today that I uh, honestly could not be more excited about. Um, talking about reading scripture, and the name of this series is going to be uh, Reading on the Emmaus Road. I don't know why, I just like naming titling stuff. It's the, the pastor in me, I suppose. I always fretted way too long every week on what I was going to title my sermon even though nobody else saw it. It was just on the top of my notes. but I suppose I did hand out those those notes. but uh, this has really become one of the passions of mine as a as a pastor, as uh, somebody who's spent now the last uh, three years teaching, you know primarily in a teaching role. Uh, in different missions organizations. And, uh, and that's the task of, of being a faithful reader of Scripture and teaching people how to read Scripture. And um, I think it's one of the great needs. I think most of you, if you've been around the church for some while, have heard some kind of statistic or anecdote about, um, young, especially the younger generation being biblically illiterate, and you hear different statistics of how often people read, or their basic Bible knowledge, or whatever. You just will hear that phrase, kind of thrown out. And uh, and there definitely is some truth to that. As somebody who's worked primarily with young people, there definitely is some truth to that. Um, but I want to I want to try and hopefully tackle that a little bit here in this series. I'll say this up front. Uh, I I don't know how many episodes I'm going to do in this series. Uh, there's a lot of different. Directions I want to go, and um, and I, I actually want to slow down even a little bit more in this uh, series than in my previous ones to make sure that we hit everything that I think is is necessary to hit um, because I think there there are a lot of topics that need to be talked about to be able to to do this well, and and uh, and I, I want to do that. And so uh, that's number one. Number two, I'm going to try and keep these episodes a little bit shorter. In my trailer episode, I said I was going to try and keep things between 20 25 minutes. If you've been paying attention, they're usually about 30 minutes. And, uh, and so I am going to try and keep uh, dial, dial back a little bit and try and keep these uh, a little bit shorter. So that's number two. And then number three, uh, I would love, especially on this subject, I would love um, some voicemails, some some voice messages to be able to throw in, whether it's about a specific passage, a specific story, uh, a book, a genre, uh, just a, a an idea. I would love, I think this is one of the most important conversations that we can have as Christians is uh, learning together how to, to read scripture. And so uh, with that, let's hop in um, with our first episode that I'm uh, calling Devotions and Sermons. And that's kind of a weird title. I was trying to figure out what to to name this first episode that's the best I could come up with it's not great but you know it is what it is give a guy a break um, this I want to I wanted to start here on on purpose and we'll we'll get there in just a second but there's an important verse I think that will kick off this entire series however long it ends up going and it's it's in Luke 10 uh, starting in like verse 25 uh, these, I think, they're lawyers. Maybe they're Pharisees. I think they're lawyers, though. They come to Jesus, and uh, they question him, and they're trying to kind of, you know, trap him in something about about the law. And Jesus, in uh, verse 26, he says this. He he looks at them and says, "Well, you tell me what is written in the law." That's question number one. And then he follows it up with another question. He goes, "And what is your reading?" of it. So what's written in the law and what is your reading of what is written? And here I think Jesus is giving us a very important distinction, and that is this. There's what's written on the page, but then there is what is your reading of what is written on the page? And we need to grapple with the simple fact that the goal here. For us as Christians, is not just to read what is on the page, but it's to come up with faithful readings of what is written on the page. If you understand the, the distinction I'm I'm trying to make, there are ways in reading the scripture, the same words on the page that are completely unfaithful to Jesus, that are completely outside of the bounds of what we would say is is okay. And you can get to those places using the same words on the page. So in in American history, an easy example would be, you know, the the slave trade in the South or how we um, took over land from Native Americans. There were plenty, plenty of preachers. I mean, there were Puritan preachers on transatlantic slave ships preaching to slaves, never dawning on them that the the dissonance of what was happening in front of them. Or when we were, you know, trying to take land away from Native Americans, that was largely done in, in, in the culture and in the time, justified, that was done in the name of, we're a new Israel, this is our promised land, these are like the Canaanites, and we're gonna drive them out, and And you can get to all kinds of unfaithful readings of Scripture, And so there's what's written in the law, and then what is your reading of it? How are you reading? And here's it took me honestly way too long in my life to to figure this out. That how you read scripture is just as important as the fact that you do read scripture. And so for someone like me who grew up in the church, probably you as well, most I think most of the people that are probably listening to this grew up in the church. You were told your whole life, I was told my whole life, that we need to read the Bible. We need to have our devotional, our quiet time. And we'll actually talk about that subject here in just a second. But that we need to read read the Bible every day, right? It's like your daily vitamin. It's like the little Flintstone tablet that you need to take every morning and spend your 15 or 20 minutes, right? And it's this thing that you just have to do. And it didn't dawn on me until I was... I was 29 or 30. I want to say it was 30. So it took me 30 years to just understand the idea that reading it is not the goal. Reading it well is the goal. Or again, to put it this way, it's how am I reading it? It took me 30 years of of life. I became a a, a real serious Christian, I would say, when I was 18 in high school so it took me 12 years of really trying to faithfully follow jesus to actually to just come to the basic understanding of how i read really matters how and and to begin to even ask the question how am i reading how am i reading this how am i understanding this that it was just a brand new idea to me that i honestly had never really thought about And so how you read the scriptures matter just as much as the fact that you do read the scriptures. So a couple of examples to kind of tie these things together. Think about the the temptation of Jesus. I'll give you two examples. Think about the temptation of Jesus. Satan comes to him, and one of the temptations is, cast yourself down, take someone to a high place, cast yourself down, and the angels will come and and grab you lest you dash your foot against a stone, a stone for the scripture says and he quotes satan quotes psalm 91 back to jesus now again there's what's written psalm 91 and then there's what is your reading of it how are you reading of it there is a way to take that same scripture of psalm 91 and Satan can use it as an actual temptation against God in the flesh as obviously an unfaithful reading. I mean, just think about that. Satan is quoting the scripture in an antichrist way. So the goal here is not just, can I memorize Psalm 91? Can I, can I read it? It's, is my reading faithful to jesus or am i reading it how am i reading it am i reading it a g in the jesus way to use a generic statement or am i reading it in some other way and god forbid in an in an antichrist way in a a way that's actually opposing what god is trying to do and give you another example saul who you know is is also paul it's really a little sidebar it's really a misnomer that his name was changed Saul and Paul it's he had both names one would have been his Jewish name and and Saul would have been his Jewish name and and Paul would have been his uh, Greek name so he's a Hebrew of Hebrews so he's going by Saul and then when he begins to do mission to the Gentiles he begins to use the name Paul but it doesn't really change his name okay it's a little bit of a mis- misnomer, but anyway, I digress. Um, but Saul is reading the scriptures in such a way that lead him, this is an important point, Paul is reading the Old Testament scriptures, what we would call the Old Testament. They're just the scriptures to him. So Paul, Saul is reading the scriptures in a way that he is zealously persecuting the church to the point of overseeing and sanctioning stonings according to the law and imprisonment and he's not just doing that because he's an angry murderous person he's doing it from the place of the scriptures he tells us this i was zealous for the law i was a pharisee among pharisees i kept all of the law So in his mind, doing those things was being faithful to the scriptures. Now, Jesus obviously confronts him on the Emmaus Road and says, this is completely unfaithful. You are actually persecuting me. You are actually coming against me. And so what what Saul has to then do, and what I want this series to hopefully help some people with, and, and hopefully we can have some good conversation around, how do we go through that same transformation? So... Saul doesn't just go from, you know, a church persecutor to a church planter. He goes through a, a, a transformation in how he actually reads the Scripture. He goes from reading the Scripture so it leads to persecution to reading the, the Scripture so it leads to proclamation that Jesus is the Lord, right? He's reading the Scripture for, in, in, in a way first that allows him to imprison and stone people, and then after he meets Jesus, he's rereading those same scriptures. It's the same book. It's the same text. It's the same stories of Abraham. It's the same Psalms. It's the same history. It's, the sa- it's all of the same text that he's now just reading in a different way. That now say, I'm not going to persecute Christ, I'm going to preach Christ and proclaim Christ, and I'm going to actually suffer and die for Christ. Paul goes through a not just in a, a change in identity, he goes and and even theology, he goes through a change in how he actually practices the task of reading that lead to his theology, obviously. And, and, and what I want to hopefully do is spark some um, dialogue in your own heart, in your own mind, with people around you, and hopefully even some of you will will either write in or in the, the link, the show notes, you can get a link to leave a voicemail. We can have kind of a, an on-air dialogue here about how we can begin to do some of those things. But again, the goal here is not just, as Christians, is not just to read. It's to learn how to read well. But Here's our the first admission we have to make, and this where all of that was kind of prelude. Here's the first admission we have to make when we're talking about reading Scripture. The task of reading Scripture faithfully is hard. It's really difficult. And anyone who is telling you otherwise is either ignorant, lying, or purposeful, purposefully watering it down just so they don't scare you away. Right? I mean, I don't want to... I mean, I guess maybe I will. Whatever. I mean, the idea that you can say the Bible says it that settle the Bible says that I believe it that settles it is crazy because the Bible says lots of stuff that is unsettling. It's unset. I mean, have you ever read the story of the flood that most of the earth dies? That's an unsettling story. Or the fact that God apparently speaks to Abraham to murder his, to kill his son, to sacrifice his son with a knife. That is an unsettling story. There's nothing to settle there. There's only questions come out of that. Only wondering and pondering and confusion and questions come out of stories like that. So we have to just be honest with ourselves. And here's what I would bet. This because this is my experience, and why, and why one of the reasons I've become so passionate in talking about this is I felt that it was difficult for a long time, but every all the voices around me told me that it was imp, that it was simple, that it was easy, that all I had to do was get up in the morning and open my Bible for 15 minutes, and if I just do that long enough, it'll all work out. And there's, I mean, there's a grain of truth to that. If you do anything long enough, you'll figure some things out. But the goal is for me to, I don't want that to take 50 years if I don't have to. I don't want it to take the rest of my life if I don't have to. And so we need to be honest with ourselves that this is going to be hard, that the task is difficult. We need to be honest with our churches. If you're a pastor or a, a ministry leader listening to this, need to be honest with your congregants that the task of reading Scripture is not just, it says it on the page and so I believe it. We need to be honest with each other. We need to be honest with our kids as we're trying to raise them. That this is, this is, now, again, saying that it's difficult is not meant to be a burden. And that's the way that maybe we hear that. It's just to be honest. And I think most of us that and recognize that, we just have, for whatever reason, not been given permission to actually admit that publicly. I mean, right, we are reading a book that takes place in a different time, culture, worldview, using different languages, metaphors, images, all of that kind of stuff. That's hard. That's hard. Grappling with massive questions of life and God and and trying to apply it and I mean, the, the task is huge. The task is really big. And so I want want to say we, we need to be we need to be honest about that. We need to be honest with ourselves and, and give each other permission to feel that and then hopefully carry that together. And so this leads us really to our first topic. Now I'm getting into actually what my first topic is. And that's this. It's the question of upon whom. So if the task is to become not just a reader, but a faithful reader of Scripture, the question becomes upon whom does that responsibility fall for me to become a faithful reader of Scripture. Now, immediately, we want to say, well, it's your responsibility, it's you. But that ignores a few things. One, I don't know if I would say, I would guess probably most, I would guess most Christians in most places, in most times, have not, either have A, been illiterate, or have not had access to... Personal written Bible or let alone any study tools study tools. So for most people, put it this way, for most Christians throughout time and history, they have had to rely on the church to make them a faithful reader of scripture. The church has been the source of the scripture for them. Not their own personal time. Now it also if we jump too quickly to well, it's your responsibility. What do we do with the church then? That's the other thing that that kind of fails to ignore is that I don't get to just sit in a room by myself with my Bible and come up with whatever I want. We have doctrines. I mean, even the even if you were to do that, where did you get that Bible? Where did you, well, even before that, where did you get that translation of the Bible? You got it from the church. Where did you, you get the Bible itself? You got it from the church. Well, who wrote the pages the the words on the page the church so you can't do any bible reading without the church and here is a fundamental point of tension for i think a lot of us today i know a lot of young people feel this because they they've told me so i've i've felt this what is the relationship between my own personal responsibility to become a Bible, a, a faithful Bible reader, because there is some personal responsibility, especially now when I do have access to Bibles and translations and study tools, versus the task of the church, and how do those two things fit together? So, as a as a, as a pastor, I heard many people over the years, and I've I heard this even before as a pastor when I was just grown grew up in the church. I you know when a family would want to would would tell us that they were leaving the church or a person would tell us they they were leaving the church one of the most common things that they would tell us is that they weren't getting fed here right and you you've all probably heard that some of you have maybe even said that that I'm oh, I'm just not getting fed here and what they what that's pointing to whether they're right or wrong or whatever it doesn't even matter but what that what that idea is pointing to is we have we all we recognize that the church and the pastors of the church and the leaders of the church, but the church as a whole has some responsibility in my own spiritual growth and maturity as it relates to the text, as it relates to the scriptures. That they have there's some responsibility on them to actually help me do this. And here, excuse me, here, again, is I think one of the fundamental points of tension is we have been told, most of us have been told our whole lives that we need to read this book. And yet a lot of us have grown up in churches that have not shown us how. They've preached sermons from the book. But has anyone ever showed you how to read the book? Has anyone are those messages more kind of self-help or inspirational or kind of just generic or rambling or I mean there could be a million different issues with the message but even if the message was great <coughs> Excuse me again just listening to sermons isn't is only going to get you so far in actually learning how to do it yourself. And so I think a lot of people feel this tension, hopefully I'm articulating this well, that they have a sincere desire to be a faithful reader of scripture. They just don't know how. They have a real desire to learn how to get into the Bible. They just don't know how. And I think our churches have largely done a poor job at teaching people how to do that this is at least the feedback that i've gotten primarily since coming into the missions world where i'm i'm not working at a church and we start hearing all these stories of people and what's your church background and what was it like and this was one of the common things that they would tell us "Is like i want to read the bible and you guys talk about Quiet time and devotionals. Everybody, I don't know how to do that. No one has ever showed me how. You know, we would ask, like, tell us what you know about the Old Testament. Not much. Have you ever tried to read it? Oh, a whole bunch of times I've tried to read it. I don't understand what's going on. Well, has anyone ever showed sat down with you? No, no one has ever sat down with me to show me how in the world to understand the Book of Lamentations versus the Book of Ruth. And so let me say this, as someone who's in full-time ministry, who was a pastor, and if that's been your experience, I'm so sorry. If you have lived with this desire that has now become this burden of wanting to grow in how to read the scriptures, and you have just felt abandoned almost by the church, that no one has been able to help you with that, even whether that's completely right or wrong or justified i just want to, if you if you feel that i think the church has to bear some responsibility for that and to say that we've failed you in that regard because it is part of the church's responsibility it's actually i think one of the main responsibilities of the church is to teach people how to faithfully read the scriptures how to open the book for themselves in the day and age that we live in with all of the tools that we have at our disposal. It's one of the main things that we need to be giving our people, especially our young people, is this, let me show you, let me sit down with you in how to do this. Let me uh, put it on display for you. Even in my sermons, let me preach them in a way that you can see how I'm working through the text so that when you open it for yourselves, you can do that yourselves. Let me model it for you and i think we've largely i think we've largely failed at that and so let me just say i'm sorry and so who does that responsibility fall on well it the answer is obviously both you do i do have a responsibility in our quiet times and devotionals and and all of that kind of things but the church i think in this hour also needs to do some real deep self examination and reflection and say are we not just preaching the bible again because anyone can take the words on the page and make them say anything that they want are we all but are we taking the words on the page and training other people and training the our congregants and training the people in the pews and to see what we're seeing to to think it through like we're thinking it through, to to wade through all of the passages, to consider all of the things, and slowly over time to make them faithful readers of Scripture themselves because that is, like we said earlier, it's a hard task. And just telling people you need to read your Bible because it's good for you, like it's a Flintstone vitamin, if you just take it, it will keep you healthy, is just not going to cut it. It's just not going to cut it. And so we're going to go on that journey together. I think of so far of all the series, this one might get the most teachy-preachy, but that's okay. Uh, And and we can hopefully avoid some of that by having some good dialogue. If you guys uh, write in some questions, uh, you can email me below uh, or you can leave a voice message and both those links are in the show notes. So thank you guys so much for listening Uh, Make sure if you haven't uh, rated uh, the podcast or hit the subscribe button, do that. If you have friends who you think this is going to benefit, especially this series, um, make sure you tell them so that they can get it as well. And I look forward to seeing you guys next time.